Last week, we saw that this blessed book, the epistle that Paul wrote, Hebrews, is written to them that believe to the saving of the soul. I suppose I could find many passages that are set forth to whom this epistle is written. It is written to them that are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Or within its pages, we read of many blessed addresses of God's people. Hebrews is an epistle written to those who are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. It is an epistle written to those whose sins and iniquities God will remember no more. It is an epistle written to those whom the Son of God has by himself purged their sins. Indeed, beloved, he has by himself purged our sins. I trust that as we take into view the gospel contained in its pages, that both you and I will discover that indeed this epistle is written to you and that it is written to me. Now this evening we will once again be returning to Hebrews chapter 1 to see there a threefold salvation. First, that our salvation is accomplished. Second, that our salvation is anointed. And lastly, that our salvation is appointed. I pray that the Lord will not so much as bless the outline of my headings. <laughs> I'm not interested in that. I pray, rather, that he will take the blessed details of his holy word and give life to someone here tonight who is yet remaining dead in sins and trespasses. And you, beloved, I pray that the Lord will comfort this evening. In the first chapter, in verse 1, we read, God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son. Beloved, our salvation has been accomplished. And indeed, our Heavenly Father has spoken of it unto us by his Son. The Lord Jesus Christ, speaking of our salvation, a salvation that he accomplished by himself through the purging of our sins, has spoken of it. He said the salvation he has accomplished for his elect, he says it on this wise, it is finished. He declares none of them is lost. He declares it is done. Beloved believing sinner, your salvation is accomplished. Now, before we continue further, let us consider what the Apostle is stressing here for God's people to know. Look there in verse 2. Our Heavenly Father has appointed Christ heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. What is the design of the Apostle? Friend, he would have you to know that Jesus Christ is God manifest in the flesh. Why is this so important? The unbelieving Jews knew that only God can forgive sins. You read this and, and keep your place in, in Hebrews. If you look over there in Mark's Gospel, chapter 2. Verse 7. Although these Jews and unbelief said this, they were absolutely correct. 
Why does this man thus speak blasphemies? And this is what they said that was correct. Who can forgive sins but God only? Of a truth, the Lord has spoken. He has declared, if ye believe not that I am, ye shall die in your sins. Friend, our Lord has spoken. Unless you believe that Jesus Christ is God, you shall die in your sins. For only God can forgive you of your sins. God only can forgive your sins. And he has, by himself, purged our sins. Beloved, in these last days, our Heavenly Father has spoken unto us by his Son. He declared from the cross, it is finished. And my friend, you'll never understand that statement until the Holy Spirit testifies with your spirit that everything a wicked sinner like you and a wicked sinner like me needs to be saved indeed has been finished. So finished is the work of our blessed salvation that God's only holy book declares to you who believe and trust on God's only begotten Son that ye are complete in Him. What does it mean that He had by Himself purged our sins? It means very simply this, beloved. God will remember our sins and iniquities no more. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 10. And look there, beginning in verse 10. Speaking of the will of our Heavenly Father that our Lord and Savior accomplished through the doing and dying of His finished work. By the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Verse 14, by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified, those who are set apart in the election of grace. And then verse 17, the gospel sets forth for God's people here, their sins and iniquities I will remember no more. Beloved, God's son has spoken. Just before he gave his life a ransom for many, just before he gave his life a ransom for his beloved people, he said as a result of his shed blood, as a result of his perfect righteous life as a man, that none of them is lost. Our Lord Jesus Christ, God manifest in the flesh, knows the sure end of his faithful work to our Heavenly Father. He says, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Indeed, the volume of the book, it is written of him that he shall not fail. Beloved, he has finished the work his father sent him to finish. He declares of all that the father has given him to save in covenant arrangements. He has in covenant engagements by his precious sin atoning blood and his perfect righteous life mightily saved his people. So certain his accomplishing their salvation that he says of those that the Father gave him to save, none of them is lost. And in verse 2, rather verse 3, the latter part of verse 3, we read the apostle writing that he has sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Beloved, our Lord has not only declared it is finished, 
in this fallen world, but in the world to come, in glory, in heaven itself. He declares from the heavens above, it is done. Our Lord Jesus Christ did not merely live as our substitute to establish our righteousness, nor did he merely die as our blood-atoning substitute, purchasing our redemption. Beloved, he is much more than our righteousness, much more than our redemption. Beloved, he is our resurrection. He is risen. He is risen to glory and is sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. And we in him are glorified, Savior, are glorified with him. Beloved, he is our resurrection. A man has risen from the grave. A man has entered into the kingdom of heaven. And so all his people may enter with, enter in with him and by him. Turn with me to Revelation chapter 21. Look there in verse 3. The Apostle John writing here. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. And God himself shall be with them and be their God. What a word we have in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 2. Our Heavenly Father has spoken to us by his Son. I would to God that you would hear him. God hath spoken to us by his Son. It is finished. None of them is lost. It is done. Salvation accomplished. All right, let's read on in our portion. Verse 4. Being made so much better than the angels, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 4, being made so much better than the angels, as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. Our heavenly Father has declared, speaking of his only begotten Son, I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. Friend, salvation only comes through God's anointed Savior, and he has set his king upon his holy hill of Zion. As he has said in another place, it is only upon the holy hill, the hill where his holy king has been set, shall deliverance be found. In Obadiah, the prophet declares, but upon Mount Zion shall be deliverance. And there shall be holiness, and the house of Jacob shall possess their possessions. My friend, is it difficult to understand the testimony of the prophets? Listen to God's king, and may he be pleased to let you not only hear him, but to trust him. Our Lord declares, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Not only has our Heavenly Father anointed our Lord Jesus as King upon Mount Zion, He has done so for a reason. He has anointed Christ to deliver Jacob, God's elect. My friend, do you know who Jacob is? Do you know who God's elect are? Let me show you. Turn with me to Psalm 2. Psalm 2. 
And look there in verse 12, the latter part of verse 12. Who are God's elect? Who is Jacob? Who are they? All they that put their trust in him, God's anointed king. All right, verse 5. The apostle continuing to write, writes, For unto which of the angels said he at any time, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. And again I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. And again, verse 6, When he bringeth in the first begotten into the world, he saith, And let all the angels of God worship him. Our heavenly Father has declared... Speaking of his only begotten son, thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. And blessedly tied that declaration to this covenant promise. Our heavenly father asked the son, ask of me and I shall give the nations for thine inheritance and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. Our anointed savior, Christ Jesus, our Lord and King is the tabernacle of of God with men. And he will dwell with us and we shall be his people. We just read that in Revelation chapter 21, verse 3. Beloved, even now God is with us and we are in him. But in the greatest and fullest way possible, when we depart this fallen world and go to be in that blessed world above, God himself shall be with us and he will be our God. Believing sinner, one blessed day, you will no longer see him with the eyes of faith, but rather with the eyes of glory. And who will you see there? Beloved, you will see but one sitting on the throne of God, the God-man, the anointed Savior, Christ Jesus, our Lord, our anointed Savior, who indeed has anointed our salvation. In verse 7, the apostle continues, And of the angels he saith, Who maketh his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire? Verse 7, I'll read that again. And of the angels he saith, Who maketh his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire? But unto the Son he saith, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore, God, even thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. In what way may we say that our salvation has been anointed? Friend, as ye have heard the salvation of God's elect, the salvation of God's beloved people has been accomplished. In order for you and I to rest in that accomplished salvation, we must have the gospel of God, indeed the good news concerning Jesus Christ, his son, anointed, applied to our stone-cold hearts. This is what happened to Lydia as she was listening upon Paul preach Christ and him crucified. The sum and substance of the gospel is Christ, beloved. And upon preaching him, the Lord opened Lydia's heart. And she gave attendance to the things that Paul declared about the blessed person and finished saving work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 
And look there beginning in verse 19. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 19. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, even by me and Silvanus and Timotheus, was not yea and nay, but in him was yea. For all the promises of God in him are yea, and in him amen, under the glory of God, by us. Now he which establish us with you in Christ, and hath anointed us, is God, who hath also sealed us, and given the earnest of the Spirit in our hearts. Verse 22, who hath also sealed us, and give us, given the earnest of the Spirit in our hearts the earnest of the Spirit in our hearts. What a blessed thing is here shown to God's people. The Spirit of Christ says, Come you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And indeed, the Holy Spirit gives us the earnest desire of our Lord in our hearts, so that we may do all according to His good pleasure. The earnest desire of the Lord in the hearts of His people is this, Come now, and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Of this accomplished salvation of God's people, the Lord must individually and personally send His Holy Spirit to anoint our salvation, indeed to apply to our weary hearts the gospel of our salvation. It may not be said to be good news till you can rejoice in the gospel of your salvation, that we may know the gladness of our Heavenly Father towards His Son. What does the Father seal with the oil of His gladness? Do you remember? The Apostle Paul remembers. Look there in verse 9. In Hebrews Chapter 1, verse 9, the Apostle writes, Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore, God, even thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. The Apostle Paul remembers, he is writing here, Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore, God, God's only begotten Son, even thy God, even our Lord's heavenly Father, hath anointed him with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. Our heavenly Father declares, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Our heavenly Father is glad with his Son, Christ Jesus the Lord and that above all his fellows. Beloved, his fellows are you and me, sinners who believe, trust, and rest in his blood and righteousness. The voice from heaven, our Heavenly Father, declares, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. This is the seal of the Father, which our Lord spoke of when he declared, Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you, for him hath God the Father sealed. Our Heavenly Father has sealed 
Indeed, he has anointed Christ above all, for he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. What then is the work that we must work that we may enter into everlasting life? Our Lord declares, this is the work of God, that ye believe on whom on him whom he has sent. Hebrews chapter 1, let's pick up reading where we left off. Verse 10, Paul continuing here, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 10. And thou, Lord, in the beginning hast laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the works of thine hands. They shall perish, but thou remainest. Verse 11, they shall perish, but thou remainest, and they shall all wax old as doth a garment, and as a vesture shalt thou fold them up, and they shall be changed. But thou art the same, and thy years shall not fail. But to which of the angels said he at any time, Sit on my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool? Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? We've already looked upon our portion in Hebrews chapter 1 and have seen there, first, the salvation of God's people is accomplished. And that spoken from the one our Heavenly Father has spoken unto us, His only begotten Son. He has declared of our salvation that it is finished. He has declared of His beloved people that none of them is lost. And from His throne upon and, and from, from his throne in heaven, he declares, it is done. Second, we've seen here that this salvation that has been accomplished for his people, if it is to be received, must be received by and through the power of the one whom the Father has anointed to be the Savior of his people. And so very blessedly does the Holy Spirit anoint his people to come to him who is the way, the truth, and the life. And why do we come to Christ alone for salvation? Turn with me to Romans chapter 5. And look there in verse 5. It is the same reason you find yourself gathered here this evening, beloved. So love for Christ by his undeserved grace. We come together to hear the gospel of our salvation. Romans chapter 5, verse 5. Why do we come to Christ alone for salvation? Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. It is not offered to us. It is not merely provided for. Beloved, by God's anointed Savior, he anoints us with the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us, that we may believe by the might of his power. The third and final aspect of our salvation is very blessedly summed up in the last verse of chapter 1, verse 14. The apostle writes, Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? While Paul is stressing here that the angels, our ministering spirits, are not our mediators, we don't pray to our Heavenly Father in the name of an angel. We don't pray to our Heavenly Father in the name of a prophet. 
We come before the throne of God's grace boldly by his son's blood and in his son's name, Christ Jesus the Lord. Why is this? Turn with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. I'll pick up reading there at verse 9. The answer is contained in verse 9. It's an accomplished salvation. It's a appointed salvation or anointed salvation. It's an, an appointed salvation. Verse 9, For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain Salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also ye do. Beloved, God hath appointed us to salvation, and that through the doing and dying of the Lord Jesus Christ. By the purchase of his death through his blood, and the perfection of his life through his righteousness. Turn with me to John's Gospel, chapter 16. Verse 23. We read these words. Our Lord is speaking here and declares to his disciples... In that day ye shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. Hitherto have ye asked nothing in my name. Ask, and ye shall receive, that your joy may be full. Beloved, the ministering angels of God are sent forth to minister. And oh, how I pray that even now, tonight, his angels have come to a needy sinner to show you that your salvation is accomplished. Our Lord has spoken to us in these last days by his Son. Beloved believing sinner, your salvation is accomplished. God's Son and King has declared, it is finished. He has declared, none of them is lost. He has declared, it is done. And if the ministering angels have shown you that your salvation is accomplished, if the ministering angels of the Lord have shown you that your salvation is accomplished, indeed you have received that salvation that is anointed, that salvation that sets its seal upon his beloved people. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 1. I'll begin reading in verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Having predestinated us under the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, 
to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, bring being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be to the praise of his glory, who first trusted in Christ, in whom also ye trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. Verse 12, we read that our Heavenly Father first trusted his beloved Son to save his people. Verse 12 declares here in Ephesians chapter 1, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. Our Heavenly Father first trusted his beloved Son to save his people. When did that happen? Before the foundation of the world and the covenant of grace. And now today, you also, beloved, have trusted him with the salvation of your soul. Verse 13, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. Beloved believing sinner, because we have been sealed by and in Christ, by the Holy Spirit of his promise, indeed as our Lord has declared, whatever you ask in my name, ye shall receive, that your joy may be full. Friend, come to our Heavenly Father tonight and confess in His Son's holy name, Lord, if you are willing, you can save me from the filthiness of all my sins. Lord, if you are willing, you can make me holy. What a blessed book is Hebrews. Our brother in Christ knew that indeed that without holiness, without the righteousness of Christ being made his, he would not see the Lord. And you, my friend, if your holiness is not that perfect and pure holiness of the Lord Jesus Christ, ye shall not see him. Beloved, I pray, I trust that the Lord has spoken unto you the comfort contained in our portion tonight that our blessed Lord by himself purged our sins. And now our God and Savior sits on the right hand of the majesty on high. Beloved, serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Friend, kiss the Son, lest he be angry and ye perish from the way when his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are all they, they put their trust in him. Amen.